Hey friends, thanks for checking out this video. It's Sean here. I've got a question for you. The question's this. What are you worshiping today? Think about that. What are you worshiping today? Now you might be thinking, well, it's not Sunday, so I'm not going to worship anything. But the fact of the matter is, every day we worship something. It's true. I mean, the Bible says it over and over again, but also other people have, have seen this. People that have kind of open their eyes up just the reality of this world and the way that we are made. One such guy was a guy named David Foster Wallace. He was this kind of modern-day transcendentalist author. He wrote books and short stories that really were hard to understand. Um, people would kind of deliberate for hours on end in college literature classes about what he actually meant. But then in 2005, he gave the commencement address at Kenyon College, a liberal arts school in Ohio, and he gave this speech that was very easy to understand. He, you know, he wasn't he wasn't trying to confuse anybody. He was just trying to be really open with what he had observed in life and this wisdom that he wanted to share with these graduating seniors. And he says this in this speech. He says, "Hey, in the day to day trenches of adult life, there's actually no such thing as atheism." You know, he he was known as an atheist, like like he didn't believe in God. He was a secular guy, and yet he says. There's no such thing as atheism. He says, there's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. He says, the only choice we get is what to worship. And an outstanding reason for choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship, be it JC, Jesus, you know, or, or Allah, be it Yahweh, the wicked mother goddess, or the four noble truths, or some impregnable set of ethical principles, is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. And he gives some examples. He says, if you worship money and things... If they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. And he goes on, he shares other examples of, you know, wanting power. If you want power, if that's the thing that you're pursuing and worshiping in life, you'll always feel insecure. Never feel like you're, you're strong. Always feel weak. And he gives several other examples, but he says that the problem with this is it's not that it's like super terrible to do this stuff. He just says it's oftentimes it's our default setting. It's, we're un, it's unconscious that we're doing this, that we're worshiping these things. And, and therefore we can't control them. And therefore we end up not worshiping things in the way that they should be worshiped. Um, and I, I would agree with him in, in some of this and some of it I would disagree. And, um, but I would say, Hey, David, you're, you're right in the fact that we have all been made to worship. It is our, it is our default setting. It's true. Because God created us to worship him. And when we don't worship him, we end up worshiping something else. And those things oftentimes let us down because they can't satisfy our worship. You know, worship is ascribing worth to something. And, and so when we ascribe worth to something that's not really that worth it, yeah, it lets us down. It leaves us feeling empty. It doesn't satisfy our souls as God has created us um, to need and to desire, being filled with him through worshiping. That's why all throughout the Psalms, we're told to, to sing praises to God, to worship him. Like one example is Psalm 135. We're, we're told to sing praises to God, and it gives us some reasons for why we do it. It says this, Psalm 135, praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who minister in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. 
Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name, for that is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own, Israel to be his treasured possession. So the psalmist is, is encouraging us, saying, hey, praise God, praise the Lord, because that is what you created, that's what you've been created to do. And when you praise God, when you ascribe him worth, you know what happens? Some of that worth comes back to you because you are reminded of how much God treasures you and how much he loves you and the extent to which he would go so that you would be his treasured possession. Yeah, he says Israel is God's treasured possession. You know who Israel is? That's us. As, as people who have put their faith in Jesus, who have now been clothed with the righteousness of, of Christ and his blood. We've been adopted into his family. God loves us. When we praise God, we remind ourselves of, of our worth, not because of what we have done, but because of what Christ has done for us. And when we don't worship God, you know what happens? Well, verse 15 tells us this. It says, the idols of the nations, those, you know, the things that the world worships, the idols of the nation are silver and gold made by the hands of men. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, nor is there breath in their mouths. Those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. Yet what you worship will shape you. The psalmist is saying, hey, you know, look at the nations. Look at what they worship. What they worship actually blinds them. You know, when they worship idols, they're like those idols. They, they can't see. They, they can't hear. They, they have lost sense of reality. They have lost their senses. They, they don't really see the way things as they are. They don't really understand that God loves them and he has a great purpose for them. But when you worship God, when you go to him and you praise him, when you, when you, when you think about him, how he's seated on his throne, and you think about and you praise him for what he has done in your life and the way that he has redeemed you through Christ, man, that. That is what helps you really have a sense of, of reality and gives you a joy and a peace that we can't have any way else. So think about that. What are you worshiping today? And then how can you worship God first and foremost? You know, all of us will probably be ascribing worth to various things. And it's not terrible to ascribe worth to, you know, a, maybe a football team. I know I've been cheering hard for the Buffalo Bills this year. Um, I, you know, and maybe, maybe you're ascribing worth to other things like your, like your kids and they're doing well in school and you praise them for that. Yeah, great. But we got to worship God first and foremost before any of those other things, we, we praise God and we ascribe worth to him, um, before any of those other things. Um, and one other way that we get to worship God and, and it, and it helps us grow in our contentment with Christ, helps us grow in the peace that we have in Christ. Psalm nine tells us this. So sing praises to the Lord, enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. Yeah, you're looking for a way to worship God today? Yeah, you could worship him through singing songs. Yeah, you can worship him through just praying and kind of meditating on him and, and his goodness. But you can also pray by opening your mouth, okay, and telling other people what he has done, what he has done in your life, what he has done through Jesus, how he has redeemed the world through Jesus' death, burial, and his resurrection. That makes God smile. That's worship. And that will help you and refresh your soul and, and really help you become the person that God has want, created you to be. So think about what are you worshiping today? And is what you're worshiping shaping you to be more like Jesus? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this kind of the, the opening up our eyes yeah, to this reality of how you've created us, how, how we have made us to worship 
And so now help us to see the things that we're worshiping um, and help us to, number one, put you first and foremost um, in uh, the heart of our worship, um, in, in, in the time that we spend in worship, um, in what we are pursuing in life, um, and do it in many different ways, whether it be singing songs by ourselves at church, um, yeah, meditating, reflecting on you, or telling other people about how great you are, God. Lead us to worship you today. Allow that to shape us to become more like your son, Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.